The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And thank you for joining us today as we continue to study God's Word. I hope you're having a great week. I hope last night was an encouragement if you happen to join us. And uh, as we continue to look towards the weekend, we look forward to some time in the next couple of days in God's Word. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, we're going to kind of pick up and conclude a thought that we started yesterday. Yesterday we talked about the idea that I am one. And uh, really what we have to look at is really in that one, there's also one truth. And uh, I don't want to title it as I have one truth. Um, it would be fit the theme we're going with, but it wouldn't work theologically because we don't have truth. There is not um, the world's truth and my truth and God's truth and whatever. There is just truth. The Bible says in John, Jesus stated that he, he says, I am the way and the truth, the definite article, the only truth. And so when we look at this, we acknowledge a lot of times what people look at it is, okay, well, that's your view on religion, or that's their view on religion, or that's the world's view on this. The reason we we call this a Source of Truth podcast is simply because what we're looking at is not my view. It's not my view as a Christian or as a Baptist or whatever term you want to use. It is simply that we, we try to, verse by verse, pull out what the Bible says because the Bible is the source of truth. It's not me, not my positions or anything of that nature. By the way, as a Christian, our position, we should never have a position we hold for which we go to the Bible to try to justify. We should never do that. What we should do is go to the Word of God, as the Bible says, study to show yourself to prove unto God. Study the Word of God, which is your doing by being here. And then you take the truth that the Bible gives, and then you adapt your life. You adapt your belief, your faith, your practice. All of that follows what you've read. Too many times people say, well, this is my view or a tradition of my church or whatever we've done, and I'm going to hold it. Now I'm going to go to the Bible, and I'm going to prove it. And unfortunately, you can probably find a verse that, yeah, how do you put it? You can kind of make, say what you want if you pull it out of context. But if you're just following the Word of God, then the Word of God establishes where you go. And that's what we want to do. So let me kind of give you a foundational premise. Everything I just said has a foundational premise found in the verses we're going to look at today. I want to start in context with reading the verse we finished yesterday. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. He says, There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Then he continues in verse 5. There's one Lord, one faith one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So what I want, I'm going to start with, verse 6 has three thoughts about this one God. We'll get to it in a moment. But I want us to get an understanding. We pull from verse 5, something important. Now, he talks in verse 4, there's one body, one spirit. We are unified. And the reason we talked about that is in verse 3, he says we are to keep the unity. It's something that God has designed. And unity, it's not theirs because we have not kept it. We're not doing what it is that God desires us to do. And so it's not that we try to gain unity. We strive to keep it. It's there. We are the ones that ruin it. But then he kind of gives us the foundational premise. You see, when you come together, one of the unique parts about what God calls the mystery or we call the church, and we've mentioned this, and frankly, humanly speaking, it shouldn't work like the way God designs it to be, especially in our culture. And what I mean by that is our culture is focused on all of our differences. We claim that's supposed to bring us together, but it's just separating us by our backgrounds, by our race, by 
uh, different opinions. It's just political. It's just separating us over the smallest of things. We are more divided as a nation than we've ever been in a country that screams tolerance. Uh, but the key is we're being broken up by our different opinions. And, and our backgrounds, our beliefs, our race, all these things, this is all of God. Okay, we were created to look the way we are by God and His genuine design, and He doesn't make junk. We are beautiful. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no mistake. We said this last Wednesday in, in Bible study. The other thing to take into account is even my personality and much of my thinking is from God because God placed me in my surroundings that helped create who I am. Now, some of it's good, some of it's bad. And God didn't put me in the bed. God allowed me to be around circumstances where, unfortunately, human error came in, and, that, and I have to work through that. But when we look at all of this, these differences, when you come together, usually you don't go hang out or fellowship with somebody who is completely different than you politically or geopolitically, whatever term you want to use. Church is what breaks that up. Church is the place that I should be able to come. We should all come from multiple backgrounds into one body. Now, again, there's different gifts. There's different knowledge. There's different backgrounds. All of that makes what God calls the mystery church unique. But what we're looking at in verse 5 is the core to that. So the world says coming together with all our backgrounds to find unity is, is not possible. God says it is, and here's why. We're not coming together because we have a similar political view. We're not coming together because we have the same backgrounds. In our church, we have people from all different countries that have come. There's different backgrounds. Um, just here alone in our local area in Lower Bucks County, you've got people from every walk of life that would come together. And that's the way God designed it to be. But what is the thing? So if we're not coming together and if our, if our shared opinions or like-mindedness about certain things in life are not, are not really the thing that's supposed to bring unity, what is it? Well, that's what he says in verse 5. He says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, He's simply, the problem, one of the things that the world strives to do is push us into different belief systems. You know, there's, there's, a, there's these different religions and different views on God or different views on baptism, things of that nature. When he comes down to one, really what we're saying is there's one truth, okay? He says in the verse, there's one Lord. There's not multiple gods out there. There is only God. Now, there's three parts. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all wrapped into God. The, we call it the Trinity. But there's only one. You're not going to get different names, and I understand it's tricky because in America, in English, uh, we have one word, God, right? And then now you break down, and there's multiple different other words. Like, for instance, in Hebrew and Greek, we go back to the idea of, of Abba Father. We go back to the idea of, of um, Adonai and Elohim and all these different real words for describing it. Um, and other religions have their own views. We just translate it God. But the fact is, when you get away from just the English translation to the truth of it, there's only one true sovereign of the universe, and that is Jehovah, God, our Father. Only one. And he's given us the word of God. This is the only truth. Now, people say, well, that sounds extremely intolerant. One thing I'd like to remind is, and it intrigues me when other religions look to us and say how, how intolerant we are and we believe the Bible's the only way, when yet they're saying the same thing about their tradition. The fact is, most religions believe there's just the only way or else they wouldn't hold their position. That's why I hate the idea of religion, because religion's a man-made system. I go to a Bible that's been around for thousands of years, that has been inspired and preserved by God. I go to the fact that these are God's words, God's teaching, that have been given through men to us. 
This is the truth. This is what we hold to. So we come unified to church, not because we agree on everything, but we have one thing that unifies us, and that's God, that is Jesus Christ, that is the Holy Spirit working in our life, and that is the truth of the Bible, the truth that Jesus gives us, the teaching of God in the Bible. That's what unifies us. And then he goes on to verse 6, and he says about God, and he begins to talk about God Jehovah God, and he says three things that are true about him in verse 6. He says, we have one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you. So he says, we have one God and Father of all, and he says about this, he's above all. He's sovereign. We mentioned this a moment ago. He's the only one God. He's above everything. His sovereignty is what we hold on to. While we have a free will, we have a sovereign God, and that's a discussion in and of itself, but it's true. So God is in control. Yes, I have a free will, but God is still in control. So I appreciate, I, I live in the fact that God is sovereign. He's not afraid or surprised by the events of the world, and I can hold on to that. But not only is he sovereign, he's above all. He is, and through all. So he works through all, and everything that works in my life comes through God. So he's, he's, he's involved in everything. He's involved in my church, in my family, in my life. And it's through him that we get grace, that we get strength. But that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean that we'll never have problems or that my problems are all God's fault. Life brings good and bad, wonderful blessings, and unfortunately, sometimes pain. We look back and say, well, if I'm hurting or if this happened to me, it's God's fault. No, it's never God's fault that he allowed something or didn't stop something. It's, we live in a sinful world. What we have to see is God's goodness is not only good if he eliminates pain that never comes. God's goodness is his presence, his peace, his power through those pain, through those good times and bad times. That's what we've got to see, that God is good even if I am battling financially or sick or whatever it is that comes into my life. God is still good in those times. And that's something that we do need to evaluate. But so we see also the end of verse 6, he's not only above all and through all, he, and in you all. I love that. Again, in you, through the Holy Spirit, he is the one that lives inside of each and every one of us. And this is what makes the relationship so different. I don't come to church hoping to become better. I come so that the Holy Spirit can help train me and stimulate me and help me to grow in him, where his spirit speaks, especially my spirit. That's why I read the Bible. It's why I worship. It's not just church it does. It's so much behind it. But the personal nature that God is not just a superior being in the sky waiting for me to mess up. He's a loving God that's there, that helpful that I can follow, that I can obey, that loves me through all those times. That is the unity that brings us together. That is the thing that we can come from every walk of life, every background, and come to a place and find unity. Why? Because we have the same God. We have the same Father. We have the same family. And that is something that it's not normal in our world. And it is something that we have to help generate. We have to accept this as God's plan and embrace it. And if we can do that, it's amazing what great mystery we can see seen in our world in today's day. That is the one source, and I hope you're holding on to that today. Again, thanks for joining us. Our desire through Ephesians is to walk verse by verse to teach us. There's so much great truth about the church in this book and that we're trying to help us all understand what is God's design, not my design. What is God's design? Again, thanks for joining us this morning, giving me the chance to be part of your day, and we appreciate the time that we all have together. We hope it's a help. Hope it's an inspiration as you, as you move forward in your journey for God, that God loves you, He's there, and He's got a plan for you. And I hope you're continuing to follow that. Thanks again for joining us this morning, and we hope you join us again tomorrow.